The legend of Russ Diculus comes full circle as the Louisville men's basketball program will retire Rutt Smith's number two jersey um, tomorrow as the Cardinals take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll talk about that and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I want to take this time, as always, to personally thank, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube now, five days a week, your team Every day, as I mentioned, Russ Smith will have his number two jersey retired in the banners forever tomorrow as the Louisville men's basketball team takes on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll rank the top three games in terms of individual performance for Russ during his career at Louisville, spanning from 2011 to 2014. We'll then transition into the number four ranked Louisville women's basketball team's loss to NC State on the road in that in that heartbreaking collapse. We'll analyze um, that matchup and come away with some takeaways. Um, and then finally, in the final segment, we will go back to what happened on Wednesday night. The men's basketball team snapped the three-game losing skid with a win over Boston College. We'll talk takeaways from that as well. So before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. Also do some PA announcement work for the university in various sports. You can check out my personal Twitter in the graphing in the bottom left hand of your screen and the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. Number two, Rusticulous. The legend is coming full circle. We saw what happened on the court. Now he will forever be remembered in the rafters of the KFC Yum Center. Russ Smith getting his number retired tomorrow against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, just a couple quick statistics throughout the history books for Russ. He's fifth, uh, has the fifth most career points with just under 2,000. Um, most in program history in terms of steals with 257. Obviously, he's a national champion. He's been to two Final Fours, um, three Sweet Sixteens, and is a two-time All-American, including a first-team All-American selection in 2014. One of the players to where when he was playing, um, I, I think that a lot of people at times not necessarily got tired of Russ because we definitely didn't, but kind of got frustrated with him just because I feel like sometimes he tried to jump the gun a little bit too much, um, shot selection, etc., but at the end of the day, nobody can take away from the fact that his impact for this team and for this program was tremendous. He will go down you know, as a top five player in program history. Very glad to have been able to witness him in the quote-unquote golden era of Cardinal basketball. But I want to rank the top three games for Russ in terms of individual performances. Coming in at number three, we will start out in his breakout sophomore season. Now, I don't know for you all um, what kind of what, what game kind of got him on the map because that year, you know, he, he scored, I think, 24 points against, was it Memphis? I think it was Memphis. And then he followed that up with a 23-point game against, um, 
think it was the uh, Western Kentucky. But for me, the third best game of his career comes against the eventual eventual national champion Kentucky Wildcats. A 30-point performance against the Wildcats back on uh, New Year's Eve back in 2011. Unfortunately, the Cards ended up losing that game. However, he shot 50% from the field. He was 10 for 20, um, shot just under 40% from deep, uh, had five rebounds to go with that, um, three assists. But like I said, 30 points for Russ Smith in this one. I feel like... You know, th- this was one of those for me where I was like, uh, I mean, I'd seen Russ play the first year, and I was like, I don't know how good this guy's gonna be. But when that game, you know, the game against Kentucky came his sophomore year, I was like, hold on now, wait a minute, we might have something here. And you know, I thought, you know, he shot the ball really, really well, was extremely efficient. Like I mentioned, shooting fifty percent from the field is nice, especially on high volume. But I think that this kind of started, maybe not necessarily started, but kind of gave, you know presented the momentum for him to be, you know, a, a secondary scoring option on this team. Because this team really kind of didn't have a true number one score. I mean, they had Siva, Kyle Couric, Chris Smith, uh, Gorgie Zhang, Russ Smith. So I think that this was the game that we kind of saw him start to blossom into the soon-to-be superstar. I don't think really anybody maybe have any maybe they didn't see what what came in 2012-13 season but definitely so we saw him turn into a completely different player uh, from what he was his freshman year which you know um I'm very glad you know for this game although it was a loss I I remember telling a buddy who was a Kentucky fan I was like man I I gotta look more into this guy because I'm telling you I, I didn't know that he had this in him despite watching him do what he did against Western Kentucky, do what he did against Memphis, but just having that big game against Kentucky for me was number three on the docket. In 2012 and 13, he had a handful of 30-point performances. Uh, most notably, he had a 36-point um, – I'm sorry, that, that's not that's not the right one. We'll talk about that here in a second. I was looking at the wrong one. I was talking about the 36, 36-point performance and a loss against UNC his, his senior season. But in his junior season, which was a very balanced global team, he did still have a couple 30-point outings, uh, most notably the one coming against Kansas City early on in that December uh, non-conference slate. Very solid throughout, like I mentioned. It was an All-American season for him. Most people will talk about, you know, he didn't necessarily live up to the potential in which he could have in the Final Four, only had nine points against Michigan, had 21 against Wichita State, but um, shot six for 17 from the field, but... Uh, he did not have a bad tournament. We have to get that out of our heads that he had a bad tournament because he did not. Because number two on this ranking is the Sweet 16 game against the Oregon Ducks. This was a game to where Louisville started out pretty solid. And then toward the end, uh, you, <coughs> excuse me, the Ducks made things interesting. He had 31 points against Oregon, um, 8 for 12 from two-point land, only 1 for 4 from deep, but shot the ball uh, 9 for 16, 12 for 14 on free throws. He had three assists, only um, three rebounds as well. But ultimately, for me, this was a huge game for, for his performance because the usual guys didn't necessarily play all that well when Oregon – 
started to chip away, started to come back, so to speak. It was Russ that kind of steadied the ship and made sure Louisville, you know, went on to the Elite Eight round. But ultimately, I felt like, um, you know, on a big stage up in Indianapolis in the Sweet 16, Russ scores 31 points, regardless if he, if he got, you know, a good amount of that from the free throw line. He still took care of business, even when, you know, necessarily he didn't shoot the ball all that well from the field. He still played pretty solid and, um, you know, stepped up for Louisville, you know, many times of him stepping up. This kind of epitomizes him doing so. But number one, take a guess, because there's a couple of them. I went back and forth. I got to be honest. Like I said, I went back to that um, that 36-point game against North Carolina that he had uh, early on in his senior season. I mean, he had a handful of 30-point games, especially in his senior season alone. Uh, Hofstra, he scored 30 points, um, you know, overall throughout. You know, that last season of his, he was a first-team All-American. But in my opinion, the only game in which he eclipsed the 40-point threshold is the best game of his career. That came against Houston in the – American Athletic Conference tournament in which Louisville went, you know, guns a blazing into and absolutely throttled the competition. I mean, it was incredible to see what they did. Um, when you look at that 42 point game performance, he had three, three assists, three rebounds. Um, but this was one of those to where, you know, he shot the ball 14 for 22 from the field. So he was crazy efficient, nine for 10 from the free throw line. Um, it's crazy because you would think with the way that, you know, he, he being the microwave score that he is, you would think he would be able to cross that 40 point threshold, but regardless, he did against Houston in, in a, in a sense where, you know, none of the games were close in the, um, AA tournament. Um, they beat Rutgers by what, you know, 50 points or something like that. They beat Houston by a good margin and then boat raced, um, um, UConn and company in the conference tournament final. But overall, that's the best performance from him. But there's so many more that you can go to. I really wanted to make the Cincinnati performance the one to go to, but he only had 10 points in that one. He didn't shoot the ball all that well. It's just kind of, um, you know, look past because of that game winner. But very, very uh, thankful for Russ during his career here. Um, one of the most electric players that I've seen in college basketball with, with me watching. Um, gonna obviously, I say gonna miss him. I, I still do miss him. He's been around the community. He's going to get his chance in the NBA this season. Mark my words. I've tweeted it out before, and I mean it truly now, as he is going to definitely play in the NBA once you know a couple of times this season. So, uh, transitioning over into the women's basketball aspect of things, um, we'll talk about the loss against NC State that happened last night. After we talk about our friends at Net Online or NetSuite, not Net Online, Bet Online and NetSuite combined, wouldn't that be something? But I want you to imagine a, a scenario. This is it. The putt to win the tournament, if you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth and everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. All right, transitioning over into the number three Louisville women's basketball loss to the number four ranked NC State Wolfpack and 
I'm going to be honest. I'm going to lay it right on the table. There's no way to spin it. This is a heartbreaking loss. You know, having a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter and losing by almost double digits. I think the um, the the Wolfpack outscored the Cardinals 31 to eight in the fourth quarter. It um, it's tough to swallow. Um, there's not a ton of positives to uh, spin from that fourth quarter. Um, but I'll break it down the best way that I can. You know, um, you know, let, let, let's call a spade a spade. I I think that the Cards struggled with the NC State Wolfpack's press. I think that the um, the press really caused um, some um, unwarranted turnovers, and that you know allowed NC State, who was shooting the ball extremely well in that fourth quarter, the best three point shooting team statistically coming into this game. Louisville had kind of held in check, but you know Diamond Johnson, um, Jakia Brown Turner, they kind of got going, and um, Alyssa Kunane got what you know what she was going for inside. So. It was one of those things to where NC State kind of caught fire in the last quarter, but Louisville wasn't really able to get anything going until the last you know three to four minutes. And by that point, like you can't score eight points in the final quarter, and um, you really expect a win against a top five squad. So uh, I look forward to seeing how Jeff Walls and company respond, and um, you know work with um, improving their offense against the press, and um, you know getting out of those situations. But ultimately, I felt like. You know, we, we saw a good, you know, the first three quarters was incredible. I loved what I saw in terms of moving without the ball. The offensive sets were genius. I loved, um, you know, the the pick and roll action. But, you know, getting the ball into the hands of the big kind of um, right inside the three-point line, you know, close to the elbow, and allowing them to play with their back to the basket and, he, you know, trusting them to make the decision on, you know, uh, having guards set screens for each other. There's been instances where, you know, Haley Van Liss set, you know, a screen for Kiana Smith in which she, you know, uh, broke to the basket and got a layup from uh, Liz Dixon. You know, I, I like that. That's some of the best offense that I've seen from this team all year. Um, Emily Ingsler, I mean, what is there to say about her that already hasn't been said? She's a top three to five defender in college basketball. Um, you know, just her on-ball defense, active hands, overall grasp of what's happening on the court, the ability to hedge the opposing ball handler and recover in pick-and-roll situations. And, you, you know, see her switch ability is incredible, being able to defy, being a premier shot blocker, but also quick enough uh, laterally to stay in front of opposing guards. I mean, that's such a um, such a luxury to have in, in the in the defense. Uh, she didn't necessarily shoot all that well. Six for 18 from the field, had 15 points, but 11 rebounds to go with two steals. Um, I thought she did very well in terms of in terms of uh, boxing out Alyssa Kinane and uh, just taking away um, second chance opportunities um, from the Wolfpack. But ultimately, uh, Kiana Smith had uh, eight points. Liz Dixon didn't score, played 11 minutes, but I loved what I saw from her. Olivia Cochran, this may have been the best that I've ever seen her play in a Louisville uniform. And that's no disrespect to what she did last year or some things that she's done this year. But I felt like this is like me having seen the next level from her and her taking her game to the next, you know, to the next step. Because with the way that she played against that, you know, that big front court was incredible. 19 points led the uh, team in scoring, seven rebounds to go with one block. I thought she played very smart, had a couple instances, you know, a ball bounced off her shoe and stuff like that. But ultimately, I was extremely pleased with her. Loved what I saw from her. Van Lith as well had some instances. Shot, she was 6 for 17, which kind of surprised me because it seems like more shots went in than not. But 13 points, 4 assists, 
She's shooting the ball a lot better than she did early on in the season. She's going to continue to, uh, you know, bud into the player that um, the Louisville fans are looking forward to. Alana Smith went went over five from the field today. Um, Mikasa Robinson had some good um, plays outside that you don't see on the box score. But ultimately, I, I think that the team's lack of a number one score hurt them in the fourth quarter when they needed a bucket. You know, you miss players like Dana Evans um, and, you know, Asia Durr because you don't have a, a – there wasn't a player tonight to go out to, you know, kind of reverse the momentum and, and put a stop to the run. And obviously it doesn't help, you know, some of the – a lot of these possessions weren't even shots, unfortunately, because of the turnovers uh, trying to break the press. But even when they did get into the half court – um, some ill-advised shots, you know, rushed into shots. Uh, I, I'm not saying that, you know, the lack of a number one score, you know, caused them not to win this game, but I think he kind of aided to it. But I, I like what I see from this um, committee-based approach, and I think that it can work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not going to take away from what I've been saying all year is that it could definitely work, but you have to have those pieces step up. Look, I'll I'll be honest. Does this loss hurt? Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably up there with uh, 2019, the Duke loss for men's basketball. Um, maybe hurts a little more considering the circumstances. Um, but it's all about, you know, I, t- I sent a tweet. I said, look, the only thing that matters now is how you respond when you get knocked down. You can either, you know, stay down. And, um, you know, allow the, you know, when it rains, it pours, or you can get up and, um, you know, dust yourself off and get, you know, get back into, you know, one thing that I'll say, if you can remember 2018, right. Um, Louisville hosts Notre Dame, uh, kind of early in the conference slate and absolutely, I mean, demolishes them. Right. And the cards ended up beating Notre Dame in the conference championship as well. But guess what? Notre Dame went on to play very, very well in the NCAA tournament, and they won it all. So I think that um, my, my message here is yes. Is it a loss that, that it's kind of hard to justify because of the way it happened? I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, it's like I, like I said at the beginning, it is very, very tough to dissect. But at the end of the day, there are some positives to take away from, from this performance. I think when the teams meet again in the conference championship, which I'm predicting, you know, I think it could be a different outcome. And um, I think that if the shots are falling, it's a different story for Louisville. But overall, don't give up on this team. Don't give up on Jeff Walls and the coaching staff because if there's one you know, coach in women's basketball that's able to make some adjustments, it is our head coach. So, you know, I'm very interested to see how the team looks against, um, against uh, I think it's Wake Forest on Sunday when they host the Demon Deacons. Um, you know, hope there's no, you know, you know being lethargic or anything. Uh, it's all a matter of uh, responding. You know, there's, you know, there's no um, short shortness of getting these girls uh, hyped up and ready to play from this coaching staff's perspective. So um, ultimately, hard loss to uh, swallow, but at the end of the day, the season is not over whatsoever. There's still, you know, a month and some change to go for this team to get better and better, and they'll be back into the hunt of things. And we just had to take it a game at a time. So looking forward to that. I want to take this time now to uh, focus on the men's basketball, getting back in the win column against the Boston College Eagles. We'll talk about that here in a second after we talk about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. It remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With the new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today, you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. 
From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the year. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so transitioning into the final segment of the day, the Louisville men's basketball team back in the win column after a three-game ACC losing skid with a 67-54 victory over the Boston College Eagles back two nights ago on Wednesday. The Cardinals in this game, um, I, I thought that there uh, was some more energy that um, we had kind of been looking for. The effort was there. Um, I liked uh, the fact that Jalen Withers probably had his best outing of the season. Uh, he played uh, 22 minutes, had 10, 10 points, 5 rebounds. Uh, definitely liked what I saw from him. Uh, Sidney Curry, 13-7. and seven, You know, he was a player coming into it. Well, I thought, you know, he was probably going to be a role player, but he's kind of quickly turning into Louisville's go-to guy on offense. And I love what I see from Mason Faulkner as well. Faulkner only had eight points, but, you know, seven assists. You know, the, the point guard that Louisville has been kind of yearning for. And I think that this kind of means uh, as Faulkner's minutes increase, we may start to see guys like uh, Jared West's minutes decrease. The starting lineup of Sidney Curry, Malik Williams, L. Ellis, Noah Locke, Mason Faulkner kind of seems like the lineup um, that you will go to. Matt Cross has shown, you know, the ability to make big time hustle plays, but until he really shows that, you know, he can be the shooter that he was rumored to be coming in, um, it's kind of hard to see him being that uh, other starter. He had five points on Wednesday, um, played 16 minutes, shot one for three from the field, 0 for one from. A three-point distance. Dre Davis was out with this game, out in this game with a late scratch due to an ankle um, rolling his ankle, kind of like in, in the fashion that Sidney Curry did uh, right ahead of the Pittsburgh game. Sam Williamson had seven points, four boards, two steals. I thought executed his role very well. Overall, cards didn't necessarily shoot all that great from three, uh, 33%, but Boston College went four for 20 from behind the arc. Makai Ashton Langford led the way uh, for the Eagles with um, – um, 22 points. TJ Bickerstaff had 12 and uh, Post had uh, 11. So they had three players score over 10 points. And get this, none of the other ones scored over four. There were uh, four other players that scored. None scored over four. So Boston College, they're seven and nine. Look, here's what I'll say about this win. It's just that. It's a win. Would you rather have a win than a loss? Well, of course you would. But like I said, the, the fact that you lost the three games preceding this yeah, I you know let's let's be honest. You're probably you know sitting squarely on the outside looking in out of the field. I I think that the uh, the road to get to the NCAA tournament is going to be a difficult one. I mean, obviously you could win the ACC conference tournament, but um, even then that's a you know it's a challenging thing to do. But for Louisville, I think that. Really, you almost have to um, win out January and lose probably less than three games between February and March. So you'll enter the um, conference schedule with um, 10 losses, and I think you can't have more than 11 to be even in consideration. Even if you were to complete what I just said, there is an, you know, there's still caution to believe that you still might not make it due to the lack of quality wins. But um, the Cardinals will turn their attention to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Irish, if you remember, defeated the um, Kentucky Wildcats earlier this season in South Bend. Um, kind of looking ahead, you know, the Fighting Irish, very similar to, to the Cardinals in a sense. Um, shoot, you know, points per game, uh, field goal percentage, very comparable. Um Louisville out-rebounds Notre Dame on average by about 
five assists are pretty much the same, the same, et cetera. So they're kind of maybe not necessarily a carbon copy of each other, uh, but very, very close. Louisville's 11 and 7, 5 and 3 in the conference. Notre Dame 11 and 6, 4 and 2. Dane Goodwin, the leader for um, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a player that has kind of torn the Louisville up at times, especially in 2020. So I think that, you know, in on the day that Louisville, in, on the day that Russ Smith gets his number retired, at the university, I think that I want to see a guy like Noah Locke or even you know one of these players start to kind of turn the corner and and start to be that scoring option that um, they were kind of rumored to be coming in. Uh, I'm interested to see how um, Sidney Curry does. It seems like the past two games he's played, you know, Pittsburgh 17 and 10, you know, 13 and 7 against um, Boston College. So ultimately, a great. I've just excuse me. I knew I had to sneeze. You know, you can kind of feel a sneeze coming on, and it's kind of the worst feeling because you're sitting there like, okay, do I continue talking or do I kind of wait for it to pass? And then it's like, boom, well, damn. But overall, um, Boston College, I mean, it's a win. I'm not into it. I'm not even going to say that it's one of those things that kind of changes my mind because at this point um, it's obvious that um, my expectations kind of – haven't been met. Um, you know, let, let's just be honest. Um, hopefully, this team can turn it around. I, I would, you know, I'll definitely be, obviously be cheering them on. Hopefully, they're able to get you know some confidence going into the latter half of this month. Uh, I think the last half of the month is or the last week of the month. Last full week of the month is is this week in or the the next week coming up. But Notre Dame, the next team on the schedule that Louisville will look to try to get a winning streak going of their own. So. Um, that's basically going to be it for this week uh, of content. I, I appreciate everyone for tuning in this week. A couple quick shots before we go. Uh, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, the most recent one, past 1 million listens. Be able to check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q, with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. Um, basically, that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Be sure to check out, uh, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel now. Um, about 40 episodes have been posted on the YouTube, so go check that out. All And, and also, um, uh, any share, listen, like, subscribe, rating on any you know podcast platform, listening platform, etc. Google uh, Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., it's all appreciated, and I can't say thank you enough and how grateful that I am. But that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great weekend. Go Cards! And we will see you right back here to recap the weekend's action on Monday.